The heat and humidity were stifling, and she clutched her chest, struggling to breathe. Bala whirled around on hearing her gasp and was stunned to see an innocent young girl. No, he hollered, his crazed eyes looking all around as if expecting the apparition of Gregole to appear. Illyria fell to her knees, one hand on her chest, the other on the ground, gasping for air as sweat poured from her brow like falling rain. Her shoulder-length blonde hair was drenched. She looked up at Bala, unable to speak, her face reddened by the steam. Her mouth opened and closed several times. When Gregor did not appear, Bala lifted her up and carried her away from the steam vent and sat her against a dead tree. You don't belong here. You can't belong here. She remained silent, though her eyes begged for his help. He kneeled down. What can I do, child? There is no water here, no shade, no reprieve, only misery and death. Illyria patted the ground next to her, gesturing the giant to sit, and she laid her head on his great thigh. She hadn't expected for it to feel so real. The heckler chamber wouldn't let them die, but they could feel every injury that led to death. Gregole finally appeared. Neither of them saw from which direction. Bala replayed his original meeting. Are we dead? Would you like to be? Illyria sat up and studied the hideous creature, a tall, thin humanoid with tough leathery skin the color of burnt sienna. The scattering of blackened hairs looked as if they'd been singed off, and she surmised that Gregole was originally covered in hair. Its arms hung down to its knees, ending in six-fingered hands that resembled a skeleton's bony hands. All fingers, with barely a palm, tapered at the tips like talons. Gregole's hairless head was shaped like a football, squashed from top to bottom, but elongated at the sides, with a hole in the center where a nose should be. She could see movement inside the hole, and she likened it to a moss pig a minuscule animal whose inverted tubular mouth only shoots out when its prey is near. Two golden eyes with vertical slits moved in unison, while the third eye moved of its own accord. Mostly it remained closed, or open just enough to feign sleep. The wide, open eyes reminded her of marbles. They never looked directly at you, as if they only existed for show. The creature chuckled. <laughs> You've surmised correctly. You can read my thoughts, she spoke out loud. Well, read mine, Bala said angrily, jabbing his middle finger in the air up and down. They heard a faint buzzing as a spitfly flew up from behind them and landed on Bala's finger. No, he hollered as the spitfly emitted a purple cloud of acidic vapor that burned the tip of his finger. Illyria smiled. She understood. Instant karma. The spitfly flew up and circled Bala's head once, and then hovered in front of his nose. Bala backed away in panic. Gregor's arm shot out and caught the spitfly between two fingers. Gregor's hand was engulfed in a purple cloud, but when the cloud dissipated, his hand was not burned, and his narrowed eye looked at Bala. Should I snuff out its life or set it free? 
It's just a dirty little scavenger trying to protect itself. Kill the son of a bitch. Gregor nodded, and a snake-like appendage shot out from his face hole and sucked the spitfly out of his fingers. Apparently he'd eaten it. Are you ready to reunite with Gimlo? Wait, you're taking me back to the wall, right? To take the test again? You took the test already, Bella. Now it's time to settle up the score. Gimlo is waiting. But, but, Bella's reddened face went white. But you expected to relive our previous encounter? Because this is just a replay of your memory, correct? You thought you could change the outcome.